What does an 18-year veteran of the tech industry and a 20-year veteran of the military have in common? More than you might think. Welcome everyone to the, the Second, Second Act podcast. podcast, leveling up your life's journey. Hello, hello. Welcome back. How's life treating you today, John? Hey, Michael. It is good. I can't believe we are already on episode four. First couple episodes, I think we helped listeners understand where our hearts and minds are with the launch of this podcast. Episode three, I think, felt a little bit more conversational. What do you think? Yeah, I, I would agree. I, um, I think we wanted to lay the foundation in terms of sort of our joint why uh, in, in terms of what we're doing here with the podcast and what we're hoping listeners get out of it. Uh, and then we we started to evolve into, you know, some funny stuff, some serious stuff. Uh, and it really started to uh, felt like we had some great conversations going. Hopefully the listeners agree uh, with that. And here we are again, episode four. Um so in this last episode, we talked about wardrobe efficiency, daily routines, how they play a critical role in the things we want to achieve. We talked about dealing with risk uh, and the steps we can take to help manage it. We talked about imposter syndrome, what it is, why people suffer from it. Uh, we talked about getting into and out of analysis paralysis. And we wrapped it up with some final thoughts on how people can begin building their own way of working that helps them be successful in their second act. Yeah. So I think in this episode, I think we should discuss some, some things like trusting the process, all the things that interfere in the growth of our journey, more of what people can do to stay focused in spite of relentless interference, the importance of saying no. Uh, to saying yes and making sure to pause and enjoy moments along the way. That might be a lot. We may not get to it all today, but yeah. um, either way, I'll tell you what, let's take a second and celebrate uh, that we launched on September 20th. We launched our first and second episodes and uh, we were able to meet down here in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And a big shout out to Axon Oak for having us be able to do that there in their facility and their tasting room there. Also at Ivy Wild, uh, where the tasting room is at Ivy Wild, the couple food vendors there provided some phenomenal, phenomenal food for us and our, and our guests. We had probably 30, 40 people show up, I think. So it was yep. a good turnout. And then um, really to, to Seltzer Kings, uh, they're the producers of this show and, uh, JB got to show up and, and be a presence. And it was just a, a, such a fun experience meeting the people that we now have as listeners and the people that gave us some inspiration for future shows. And I think there were a couple of guests in the audience as well. So, um, I thought it was, it was really fun. Nonetheless, uh, uh you know, people kept asking me who, who launches, who does a podcast launch, who, <laughs> Who has an event for it? And I said, well, I don't know anybody that does, but that doesn't mean we can't. So I think it was a lot of fun. It was. I, I totally agree. Uh, and maybe I was inspired by the book Originals 
and how nonconformists move the world. So why not do a launch event for a podcast? But I'll just echo, you know, some of the things you said. It it was an outstanding event. Um, the folks at Accent Oak, led by Eric Baldini, um, did a phenomenal job uh, making us feel at home and uh, just amazing service, amazing drinks. Um, we wouldn't be this far without uh, our friends at Seltzer Kings. Um, you know, we've talked about focusing on your core competencies and had you and I uh, experimented with the tools and the process, we wouldn't be um, as far as we are today, uh, hopefully with what listeners believe is, is good quality uh, content and, and how they, they listen to the podcast across their platforms. Um, and most importantly, I think it was a great event. We had our friends and family and supporters out there. But the, the connection we build through experiences like this uh, are so important because I, you know, you have these interactions with people, but when, when you have events and people come together and, and share these experiences, you, it's a great way to actually become friends. And I, I feel like, Absolutely. feel like that happened. Um, I think you, last uh, week. not to jump into our, our first topic, but I think you, experienced a little analysis paralysis didn't you i yes i uh as much prep goes into planning podcast episodes and working with you and and you know planning an event which i don't have a tremendous amount of experience with and uh, and then promoting something like this i found myself uh in an, a little bit of analysis paralysis after the event people wonder you know is analysis paralysis prevent you from doing something or after something has happened can you um can you get sort of wrapped up in thought and and uh, find yourself like questioning everything and you know you were our own worst critics when it comes Absolutely. to the things that we do and i i'm thinking uh oh, did i did i invite everybody I should have invited, you know, as you and I are the hosts, did I spend enough time, a meaningful time talking to the people I did invite and that did show up? Uh, is there more I could have done to make the event um, better? Uh, is there more I could have done to promote this and, you know, get further reach? Like there's just all these things that go through your mind. Did everyone have a good time? You know, I had a great um, time. <laughs> I did too. And I, 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 I get anecdotal information from folks who are texting and messaging me and saying they had a, a really amazing time. So that that makes me feel good. Uh, and it's it's just one of those things you're you're just going through in your head, like what what more could I have done? Uh, and I I think you and I are both competitive people, and I think it's just the nature of being competitive. Like how can I I do better every time? But then I remind myself um, that. That mo that moment has passed. You did as much as you could. It, you can't sort of undo, you know, what has already happened. So it's just okay. Learn from the process. Maybe you do things slightly different the next time. But overall, I I was pleased and um, and thanks again to everybody who came out to support us. Well, let's get into uh, let's get into trust in the process. You want to? Yeah, let's do it. I always find it rather amusing with myself included that we set a goal for ourselves, we create a plan, many things are going you know, relatively according to plan with the occasional curveball, but we get so excited or anxious or whatever that we construct things in our head 
and we try to hack the system to make it go faster. And you start to feel the need to alter things as if the well-thought-out plan will happen faster if I change this or do these extra things. And once in a while, that works. But more often, you just need to let the process work. And that includes making a lot of mistakes. I know I make them all the time. And uh, I'll, I'll jump into some of that. But I'll, I'll let you uh, jump in first, John, if you've got some thoughts to share there. Man, I... I do. I've got a lot of anecdotal evidence from, you know, joining the Marine Corps, getting into flight training, uh, going into my some of my advanced qualifications, joining the presidential flight squadron. And even now in, in retirement, in my pursuit for other things after the military, I have this perception when I got out, I had this perception of what a year out would look like. And now that I'm officially a year out from the military, things look completely different. And I keep going back to having to trust the process because, you know, we, we, in our minds, when we end something, I ended in the Marine Corps after 20 years at a place you ended in tech at a certain place, right? And we want to start the next thing. That next thing, we look at the mountaintop of where that next thing is and what success looks like. And we want to go from mountaintop to mountaintop. We want to be at our mountaintop. For me, it was 20 years in the Marine Corps, ending up flying the president, two presidents, and then getting out. And, and I'm at the pinnacle of my career. And I look at what success is defined for me a year after I get, leave the Marine Corps. And that's what I'm shooting for. But in reality, what has to happen is we have to go back down. We have to go back down and start. I would say most people aren't able to bridge that gap from mountaintop to mountaintop or success to success right away. There has to be learning that goes into the process. And that's a very tough place to go back into if you can't remember what it took to get you to that first mountaintop. So for me, it took 20 years to get to retirement essentially. And then I picture what success looks like and thinking I can bridge that gap. But I have to remember that there could potentially be another 20 years. Hopefully not. Hopefully it's way shorter. Hopefully I'm wrapping my experience into this next endeavor, but it it's going to be time and effort and the process of learning and the process of networking and the process of getting the fundamentals down, right? And and so I saw that time and time again in my career in the Marine Corps, but yet I get to this new thing called entrepreneurship and I forget about all the effort that it took to get me to that first pinnacle. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it, yeah. And now you're seeing that you're seeing it, you know, leaving tech and starting your new thing. You're seeing that that process looks a lot different than probably what you thought a couple weeks or a couple months ago. Yeah, I mean, you talk about the fundamentals and, and when you're doing something for 18 or 20 years, you forget how long it takes to build the foundation and the fundamentals of, of what you're doing. And then get, when, as you sort of approach the later stage in, in your career, you're, you're optimizing or tweaking like little things to further sort of 
perfect what you're doing. And, and that time frame is typically a, is typically a little bit shorter. Um, so you, you, your frame of reference due to like recency bias and things is like, okay, I, I sort of went from, from this position in the military to, to this position to ultimately flying the president and, uh, that was this time frame, and all the time it took me to just get to that that first stage to get me to that second and third stage um, is you know time sort of makes those memories a little bit fuzzy, and you you lose track of actually how long that took. Absolutely, and I, I have the same exact experience. You know, you start to tweak things um, and get get a little bit better here and there uh, to to perfect your your craft, your trade, what you're doing. Um, both from a, a functional perspective in your role, but also from a leadership perspective. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, and now here we are back at the starting line. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, let me go back and I, I look at each of these phases and even though I, I went through significant phases to get me through the first 15 years of my career. Even at 15 years of flying and doing the basics and mastering those basics and deploying and being part of units and, you know, leading as an officer, um, even though I had that knowledge, the last five years of my career, I almost had to reinvent myself to some degree. I had to learn how to fly in new environments, you know, environments that even though they're very um, subdued you have, you know, the president on the, of the United States on board. So it, it amps up the pressure. I had to go from flying the same aircraft for 12, 13 years to two to three new aircraft for this support mission. And that's a whole new ball game. That's a whole new learning curve. That's a whole new process that you've got to inject yourself in and trust that the simulators you're flying, the training that you're doing, the ground procedures that you're performing, all that stuff is going to get you to the next level of success. And it took a year of being in that squadron before I was even, you know, really uh, on the hook for, for anything substantial. So, you know, even in that microcosm of, of the last five years of my career, I had to go back and reinvent what I was doing to get to that place of excellence. So, you know, starting this new phase for you and for me and for those people listening, it will require you to have to get back and rebuild that foundation and retrust that everything that you're learning and taking in and reading is going to get you to a place, maybe not on the timeline that you think it should occur, but it will get you to the place if you just put in the time. And and we talk about this a lot, working on getting to be 1% better yep. every day, working on the little gains, documenting where you came from to where you are now, that, that, that success, right? It's not measured in the day-to-day yeah. wins or losses. It's, it's documented over time to see that success happen over time. Yeah. Experience is the, is the best teacher and, and you learn to, I, I've learned to trust the process more 
after gaining the experience. Uh, and I, I know, you know, initially when I was entering the world of tech and a lot of that experience is in product management, you, um, you have a starting line and you think you have a finish line, but there's actually many, many finish lines. Uh, each finish line represents a, a milestone. And I, th I think that's important because it helps you, again, like you were just talking about documenting the wins and, and celebrating, you know, your success along the way uh, and what you've achieved, but there's more to go. I, I think it's important for people to remember from a context perspective that this is a, this is a long journey, typically, that they're embarking on to do something important to them and maybe to have an impact on, on uh, the world that they live in. And uh, remembering that you have those milestones and, and finish lines that maybe never end is, is a good way to think about, okay, I don't have to go from A to Z uh, and, and not think about yeah. um, the things uh, in the process that are going to get me all the way to Z. And so just to talk about my own tech experience, um, a large part of my experience, as I said, has been around product management over the last 18 years. And this can include launching new products. Often people, people will refer to this as like zero to one, taking, you know, nothing to something. Yeah. You can also take existing products into new markets, enhance products with new features to expand into your current market. And to bring all this up to draw some parallels between um, the tech industry and what you and I are doing today. In, sure. In this case, in our case, our product is a conversation. Yeah. And the delivery method is a podcast, and we're using partner channels such as Spotify and Apple Podcasts to get distribution. And uh, Seltzer Kings, in a way, is our our engineering team, they're engineering the conversation to make it really good for us to put out there and hopefully for people to listen. So we launched our proof of concept with our test episode. I think we had a topic laid out. Uh, we didn't have our intro. We didn't have an outro. Um, we hadn't practiced any conversation together. We had some ideas and, and we, we went through that process. We're like, okay, here's after sort of replaying that experience where like, right, here's the things we want to do. We need to add this, do that. And then, then we launched in the tech world what's called a, a minimal viable product, an MVP. Um, we licensed music. We added a teaser. We added the formal intro and outro. We refined a topic that uh, we went to market with on, on September 20th. Now, now that we've launched our MVP, we're getting some feedback. We're thinking about what we can add to the conversation to make it more interesting and more engaging for the listeners. Hopefully, yeah. uh, the audience continues to grow. We get some guests. You know, maybe maybe someone out there is like, "Hey, this is kind of cool. I want to be associated with you guys." To get a sponsor to come in or multiple sponsors to be like, "Hey, I want you guys to talk about our product in relationship to your conversation because it's it's a good fit." So, um, yeah, it, it, it's a. Uh, you have to you have to trust the process, and I need to remind myself of that sometimes because I I again coming back to having some some competitive DNA. I want to get I want to get to one of those finish lines as quickly as possible, and then get to the next one. No, I I think you hit the nail on the head. I I have had somebody walk up to me and said, "Well, I I could never be a helicopter pilot because I could never fly the president," or I could never do that because of X, right? They see success. 
They see in their mind what is unachievable, but they forget that it was just a small seed, a small, a small idea that resonated with you, that resonated with me, that got us to taking that step, that walked me into a, a you know, into an officer recruiter that put you in front of the right people. And then just taking the next step gets you to where, you know, 10 years down the road, five years down the whatever that time frame is, you're, you look back and you think, man, I did it. I, I achieved something, but it was only through small gains. My wife is a marathon yeah. runner. And okay. I always tell her I could never run a marathon. I, I'm, I mean, I, I used to run only when the Marine Corps told me to run. <laughs> I, 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 and I hated it, but I tell her I could never run a marathon, you know, and she says, well, all it takes is it's just, it's just doing it, going out and, and running and going and doing out in a mile yep. each time or a little bit longer or trying to do a little bit faster. And then one day you look back and you're like, oh, it's 26 point, was it 26.2? Yeah. I, I did. I ran a marathon and people say I could never do that, but they don't realize that they're, they're more capable than they are. And if it's just starting out and trusting those incremental gains, they, they would really impress themselves, but that's what people get hung up in, right? They see the end game. They yeah. see what success is, you know, real estate. They say, oh, I could never own a thousand doors or a hundred doors. But most of those people that started just started with one, you know, started with something, started with a little bit of action. People like Grant Cardone and and yep. and these people who are are big influencers now for their for their sectors just started with something, and then that just kept compounding. And and you were there. You you know you you talk about the the industry and how you have gone into multiple startups and and done really well. Well, somebody that's just getting out of school probably sees you and says, "I could never do that," but. But you think back in your mind, it's so simple. It's so simple. Just take take the first step. Just do the first thing. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I think if, if you just give people the, the confidence and, you know, and I think the last episode we talked about the, the mental game and um, routines and, and things like that and just uh, to your point exactly, take the first step, give them the confidence, help them see the path. Uh, and then just sort of give them the nudge to to go. You'll you'll figure it out. For, like for this for this podcast, I will tell you that promotion is a very hard thing to master in this world of endless noise out there. There's all these different channels. There's uh, you have to master each channel um, to bring attention to what you're doing. Uh, you can do that organically or or paid through spot uh, through ads and things like that. And it's I you know I'm learning this stuff as we go because uh, it's not one of my core competencies and it's something I I think it would be good to get better at in this process. So I'm not trying to outsource too much of that. Um, and so yeah, I'm I'm taking this journey of the second act with everybody else who's listening and contemplating or going through this. Yeah. 
You know, just as you're talking, you know, we, we've spent some time here on trusting the process, right? So what if somebody says, I'm in the process, I'm doing the things, you know, whether it's real estate or entrepreneurship or writing a book or public speaking, you know, they're doing the things that they think they're supposed to be doing, but they're getting hit, right? They're getting hit every day or yep. every time they turn around, something else is interfering with that success. So I don't know about you, but it seems like uh, things are constantly getting in the way of anything and everything um, I try to do each day. So I get out of the Marine Corps. I say, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I start coaching. I try to start speaking and I start doing a real estate development um, project. I start making gains on each endeavor. But then it seems like I got to a point and then natural resistance starts coming up, right? The interference or distractions or um, roadblocks, speed bumps, whatever you want to call them. Things happen that slow your progress, whether they, they, they send you back a couple steps or you just start, you're not hitting the the goals and getting over the hurdles that you think you need to get over. Um, that's, that's a real part of my world right now. And it's difficult because people see the, the mountaintop that I was in a year ago and they say, man, if, if you could do that thing, if you could be successful in the Marine Corps, you can do anything. You're going to be just fine. And, you know, the, the inside part of me says, you know, I'm going to roll with that. I'm just going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to remain successful to everybody's, you know, to, to what everybody thinks success looks like. That's what I'm going to mirror. But inside, I think, man, I am, I am not doing this well. Well, I got to a point maybe two, three weeks ago that I just decided, you know what, I'm going to share in this journey. I'm going to share what these what this interference looks like. I'm going to share that success is much harder than um, people sometimes remember it to be. And I'm just going to be honest and say, yeah, you know what? I'm up against some walls and I'm up against some resistance and it sucks. And this is a really challenging part, but it's, it's a part that you begin to appreciate as you start seeing success. Yeah. Does that resonate with you at all? Absolutely. Um, you know, a lot of people think of things that get in the way of what they want to do. You get, you get sick, someone in your family gets sick, you get stuck in traffic, you left, uh, something at the airport or at home by accident. Um, someone doesn't show up on time. And these are just the little things that get in the way of what you're trying to accomplish for the day, for the week, for the month, for the year. And actually the, the OODA loop that you've help me understand um, and learn from provides the sort of mental flexibility to adjust your strategy as you go. And uh, that has been a helpful framework to say, okay, I wanted to accomplish this big thing today. It was one of the one to three things on my list that I wanted to cross off but these four things popped up that I, I wasn't planning on. So now I'm going to 
I'm going to rewrite my list and I'm going to have just one thing on there. It's small, yeah. but it's something that I can accomplish uh, today and cross off and I'll just move the other things to tomorrow. They're not going away. They've just shifted in terms of when I'm actually able to manage getting them done. And so you're still accomplishing something. Maybe that's the that's the 1%. Tomorrow you're going to accomplish 5% better. Uh, and I, I've found that to be exceptionally helpful as I envision myself as the fighter pilot of an F-22 <laughs> Raptor using the OODA loop. Yeah. And it's just a, it's a, it's a good way to approach the world. <laughs> I think in an F-22, the OODA loop is done for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'm not there's, sure. yeah, I don't know, but I'm sure there's some pretty cool stuff in there. I wish I had the clearance to know that, but I don't. Um, so yeah. yeah, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, just going through this exercise, going, starting something new, um, with, with what you felt like was maybe your greatest moment, right. In life. And you're walking away from that and starting something new. It, it can be incredibly rewarding on the backside. Once you reach some, you know, something new, a new success, or it can be completely debilitating. I, when I left, the Marine Corps, I flew the president, I flew President Biden for the last time. And then I, three weeks later, I went in and, and kind of went in for a, a job interview. And I felt extremely prepared, extremely proud, extremely confident. And I didn't get an offer. I didn't get a job offer. And I thought, okay, no, no big deal. Just, you know, just a bump in the road. Well, I'll tell you what, Michael, I went months with getting no job offers. A lot of, man, you're a great guy. You have a great story. Thank you for your service. What an honor. Yeah. And I'm sure you're going to land on your feet, but we don't have anything for you. That right there almost knocked me on my feet. When you have that confidence that you've achieved something so, so big so outside what you thought was the normal realm that then you go into, you know, the next step, your, your next act, the second act, when you go into that and then all of a sudden you fall flat on your face. I thought, holy cow, did I miss the mark? Did I get out too soon? Did I, should I have just stayed in? Am yeah. I, am I supposed to be doing something completely different? Now I did say when I got out, I was going to stop flying for a little bit. And I wasn't going to go into, you know, the, the, the government contracting world. So I did limit myself to some degree, but still I found myself to, to not be making the, the gains that I thought were going to come pretty easy. And I think a lot of military members feel that when they leave, you know, the military, they feel like, oh man, I'm a shoe in because I have done X, Y, or Z with my career. And while those are all very admirable, Sometimes they just don't transfer over the way we want them to. So I was wondering, you know, with, with me getting out of the military and falling flat on my face in, in kind of the, 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 the next step before I decided to go the entrepreneur route, did you have the same issues or are you having similar issues now that you're kind of leaving tech, you're going into entrepreneurship? Do you feel like things are kind of dragging? Like, 
the world is kind of dragging you back into tech again? Or do you feel this urge to go completely different from, you know, a different direction from where you were before? Yeah, I've wanted to go the entrepreneurial route for a long time. It's 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 a long time coming for me and uh, just various reasons throughout life. Uh, it I didn't make that pivot and, and go down this road. Um, and the opportunity sort of presented itself uh, recently. And, you know, the stars felt like they aligned for me to try this out right now. And, and I'm very thankful and, and grateful for that. Uh, I, I've had experiences where not quite as extreme, you know, leaving the military and entering into something completely new, but, you know, where I thought I was at the top of my, my game at one company, um, was, had an opportunity come up at another company. I thought I was like crushing the interview process and, um, and we just, we got to the very end and it just, for some reason, didn't quite work out. Like we just, we just, we couldn't make it work. And, and I just accepted that. Um, <laughs> and we've talked a little bit about in, in the past episodes about, you know, who knows what's good or bad. And I, I am living proof that bad things lead to good and, and good things can sometimes lead to bad in life. And, uh, and I think it's a, just a good way to sort of think about the world and, and not get too hung up on, on one thing, good or bad, as you yeah. approach these new endeavors. So, um, yeah, it's, I'm, I don't know where this is going to go, John, but a part of that excites me. Like I, yeah. I love going through this journey with you. Um, and with someone who's also sort of, I think, has some level of risk tolerance to experiment sure. and try some things out and and see where it goes. And uh, I, I've read this book called The Surrender Experiment, which was a really fascinating book about uh, a guy who had somewhat of an epiphany and um, and sort of just decided to let life lead him where where life is going to lead him and he just followed that he just let let that happen um in a constructive way uh so it's really really interesting story and sure and it turned out well for him so um yeah i don't know does that answer answer your question it does and and while you're talking i just thought of something you know i spent 20 years doing one thing you spent 18 years doing one thing yep the idea is that the next thing we get into, we could potentially be spending another 18 or 20 years in. Yeah. I am quickly learning that that is not the case. And, and I think outside of career professions, like you and I have been doing, it's very natural for people to go do something for a year or two and then switch and do something else for a year or two. So what I want to do is give um, the, the freedom and the liberty to people who are hung up, leaving one thing that they've been in for a very long time, who are looking for just the next thing. Yeah. I want to give them the freedom to go out and explore and find multiple things. 
because it's it may not be that first thing as a, as a perfect fit. Maybe they will have to bounce around, but that could be very scary if you're coming from something that you've only done for 20 years. I mean, it, it's very scary for me when I got out, said I was a Marine for 20 years. I got to be X for the next 20 um, or, you know, or I'm, I'm a failure, but that's not the case. I can get out. I can try this entrepreneurial thing. Yeah. I can speak for a little bit. I can do this podcasting thing for a little bit. I can do commercial real estate for a little bit. And all those things could actually be the next thing or cumulatively, they could all lead up to something bigger and better down the road that all those skills combined I needed to then get me into the next big thing. So yeah. I don't know if there's anybody out there that's dealing with that that hesitation, right? Because they just like, I, I want it to be a perfect fit. Well, just starting on something that is a fit, a, 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 a base a hit or a double, right? Is appropriate and is just as fine because that may lead you to the home run down the road. Yeah. And every single thing that I have done for the first time, I was scared. It, it was scary to me. Sure. Um, I, I didn't just come out and I'm like, I'm going to crush this thing. Like I, I you know, I, I maybe have some, some idols or some people. I'm like, Oh, that, that person's really awesome at this or that. I want to be like that person. But then you quickly realize when you're first starting out for the first time doing something, how hard those things really are. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I mean, you look at professional athletes and they make what they do so look so easy and then you you get out there and try i'm a, I'm a tennis player I'm a, I'm a runner and and you you look at um the the folks who are pros and uh the fundamentals of what they're doing out there and how good they are and how hard what they're doing actually is if you have a general understanding of what's going on but you don't know that until you actually start something yeah uh, and i i know we're we're approaching you know the end of this conversation, we started out with this maybe bleeding into a couple, like a two-part episode of what we wanted to talk about. And it, you know, we keep talking about the one thing. It's next on my reading list here is The One Thing, nice. um, which is a book recommended by by our friend John McCaskill. And so that's uh, something I, I I turn the first page is like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy this, um, <laughs> this book. But I'll, I'll end with sort of a, a funny story. Um, and then I don't know if you want to close this out, John, we can do that. When I moved to Atlanta in 2013, I bought a house down there. Um, it was in a great location. Uh, it, it needed a little bit of work. And my wife and I are like, oh, we'll just remodel it. Uh, if anybody listening has experience with remodeling, it's one of those things like, how hard can it be? You watch these TV shows, they remodel a house in 30 oh, minutes yeah. or an hour. It's beautiful. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's just, uh, how hard can it be? So, yeah, uh, we, the, the person who was living in the house moved out, we moved in. She did an outstanding job of hiding the little blemishes <laughs> in the property. Oh yeah. Um, and it was cleared out, and it was one of those oh crap moments. Uh, like, damn, what do we get ourselves into here? And um, 
the first thing I did, having never remodeled, uh, the carpets were disgusting. Um, we call someone to do the flooring and carpets, which having remodeled a second house, you know, that actually comes at the end, not yeah. the beginning of the process. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, you know, you learn, I learned, uh, through that process, um, that one, uh, sometimes you just, you just start and you figure it out as you go. And two, it's good to have, uh, an expert sort of helping you along yeah. the way when you can. Um, and we, we made it all work. Um, and the second time around, uh, we, we had an expert from the beginning help us and take us through each step of the process, um, which, which is quite, um, quite an interesting process if you've never done anything down to the studs. Uh, and, um, I still, Molly and I still wanted to. Uh, get to the finished product as quickly as possible, but we we weren't going to rush the process because there there is a process to it all and a yeah. and a method to the madness. Because uh, people think of homes are very tangible. You want to see the finished product, the shiny new stuff, the nice painted walls, the fresh smelling carpet, all of that. Um, so all that to say, uh, again, you you just have to try stuff out um, regardless of how big or small it is. There is a process. You can research as much as you want, but experience is is a really good teacher, and um, you know have an advocate in 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 the process as you go. Yeah, I love it. So we talked about process, trusting the process, just getting in, getting started, trusting those that have gone in front of you. Maybe finding somebody that can help mentor you through, you know what that looks like, those steps. And then, man, the the thing that's really kicking me right now, which is just that, that interference, right? Not making the gains that you want to make or having setbacks that you're not expecting that may keep you from realizing success faster than you think. But that is all part of, guess what? The process, right? So um, I think it was phenomenal. We definitely didn't get through, uh, we got through half the topics we planned on covering. So we'll have to do a part two, uh, next week, but man, Michael, I really appreciate doing this. I really appreciate talking through and comparing notes from military to, you know, the civilian sector, the tech sector, and seeing the lessons that you've learned and comparing those against, against mine. I think it was a great episode and we will have to continue next week. Yeah. Excited to cover the rest of the topics we wanted to cover today, next week. And uh, this was really, really interesting. Hopefully our, our listeners uh, enjoyed as much as I did today, John, with you. Yeah, man. Awesome. I'll see you uh, in a week. Sounds good. Till next time. Yep. See ya. The second act with Michael and John stars Michael Newborn and John Ballinger. Podcast is produced by Seltzer Kings. For more information on the show, check out michaelandjohn.com. Or if you'd like to get involved in the conversation, give the guys a shout on their socials at The Second Act with Michael and John on most platforms. Thanks for listening. Oh, yes, I mean.